from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Hear now these words from Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us that in, in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. But much more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second text is uh, from Psalm 95, part of our Songs of Sorrow, Songs of Hope series. Uh, this psalm shows up in the lectionary text for this particular day. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to God with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In God's hands are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are God's also. The sea is God's, for God made it. And the dry land which God's hands have formed. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us Kneel before the Lord, our maker. For God is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today you would listen to God's voice. Do not, be hard, do not harden your hearts as, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger, I swore they shall not enter my rest. Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, break open uh, this 
word afresh to us this day so that it would be so very relevant in our time with all that faces us in this strange hour that we would not be estranged from you and that you'd give us exactly what we need to be faithful to you and to our call to humbly follow Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, friends, May 31st is Pentecost Sunday. That's 77 days away. And on that day for worship, on that Pentecost Sunday, we will read the the traditional text from Acts chapter 2, a text that begins with this line, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Friends, that day, Pentecost Sunday, seems very far away from us now, chronologically, figuratively, and liturgically. Pentecost is 50 days after Easter. Easter this year will be observed on April the 12th. And we are today, on March the 15th, just approaching the middle of Lent. It's March the 15th, 2020, and we are not just in the middle of Lent, but we are also in the middle of what the World Health Organization has designated a pandemic with the COVID-19 disease. The president has declared a national emergency. We are in the middle of illness and death. We're in the middle of anxious times and in the middle of uncertainties. We're in the middle of huge fluctuations with the market. We are in the middle of school closures, of, of college students losing their uh, semester on campus, losing their study abroad programs, and some losing their commencement and, and graduation, and all the experiences that come with the final weeks of their college journey. We're in the middle of employee work-from-home mandates and, and suspended travel and a sports and art world that has completely shut down. We're in the middle of self-imposed or a community-imposed quarantine. We are also in the middle of a plurality of judgment and a plurality of criticism, whether it's on social media, on television, or on the internet. It's all underreaction. It's all overreaction. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. Friends, it's March 15th, 2020, and we, the people of First Presbyterian Church of Atlanta, and all who are joining us remotely from around the world, in the middle of Lent, in the shadow of the COVID-19 pandemic, we are not together in one place. And it may be that way for a while. This is strange of course, because our faith is fundamentally communal. We pray together. We worship together. We sing together. We dine together. We, we shake hands and, and we hug. 
We hold hands when we pray and we hold babies when we baptize the old and the young. They share pews and they share hymnals and they share offering plates and they share communion bread and and communion cups. We share meals and we share human touch and we are proximate with those experiencing homelessness and proximate with the most vulnerable in our community. We, we wash feet, we, we cut hair, we offer showers, we forgive and we reconcile in person. We visit the homebound, we visit those in hospital, we, we visit those on hospice who are waiting to be taken home by God. Ours is a communal faith. We're meant to be together. So this morning, I just want to name that reality. I want us to lament that we cannot physically be together at this time. I was speaking with one of our older members on the phone on on Saturday morning, and through heavy tears and great sadness. She told me that she would not be able to see her husband for three weeks as he's in a rehab center that has locked out all visitors. She is obviously devastated. She said to me on the phone through tears, we're always together. And so we prayed and we, we shared tears over the phone And friends, as a church family, we not only lament that we can't be together, but we also lament that ones we love can't be with the ones they love. Spouses, children and grandchildren, family members and friends who are immune compromised. It's times like these that I'm reminded of the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer when he said that it's not simply to be taken for granted that the Christian has the privilege of living with other Christians. It is by the grace of God that a congregation is permitted to gather visibly in the world to share God's word and sacrament. So friends, perhaps when we are all together in one place again, perhaps on that day, and that day will come, perhaps we will have a deeper spiritual appreciation of the grace that allows us to gather. Perhaps we'll find a deeper motivation and resolve to make it a priority to be together in worship and to be together in prayer and to be together in ministry and mission in a more regular and a more frequent way. There is no doubt in my mind that we have made the right decision to do our part in mitigating the spread of this disease, but let us be clear, it comes with a cost. And it requires us to sacrifice something that is so precious to us, something that is so dear to us, something that is at the core of our identity as friends and followers of Jesus Christ, that we are meant to be together. It's March 15th, 2020, and we are approaching the middle of Lent. And Lent is a time to be honest about what we grieve. It is a time to lament. 
And yet we have a psalm that shows up in the lectionary, that shows up in this sermon series, and it lands in an odd sort of way. It seems out of place for this Lenten season. The opening lines, right, they invite us to sing. They invite us to make music. They invite us to praise and to worship God. It's not a Lenten dirge. There's, there's no grief in the opening lines. We're called actually to make a joyful noise. And so the psalm seems a bit off and out of place in the season of Lent, not to mention that it seems a bit off and, and out of place for our experiences in the days in which we are living. Many of you, I, I think, have seen the story that came out of Siena, Italy. Siena, which is in Tuscany, like all of Italy, is on lockdown. A few days ago, a, a video captured people on a Siena street leaning out of their windows and singing a local folk song called, And While Siena Sleeps. Up and down the street, voices were heard joining in and singing, filling the, the vacancy of the lane with almost a sort of a, a, a defiance, basically saying, hey, we're still here and we will not keep silent. We will keep on singing. It's interesting because Siena is, is actually the birthplace and hometown of a, of a famous Catholic saint. Her name is Catherine. And Catherine of Siena lived during the 14th century and, and she was an activist and a, and a mystic and, and she was a writer who was also a layperson who was associated with the Dominican order. And she once wrote these words, almost as a, as a prophecy to our time. She said, proclaim the truth and do not be silent through the fear. Proclaim the truth and do not be silent through the fear. Remember, Israel was not ignorant, nor were they immune to fear. Theirs was a history of exile, it was a history of, of persecution, of a history of slavery and strife. And even so, even in the midst of this history, even in the midst of this reality, the psalmist calls the people to sing and calls the people to praise and, and calls the people to glorify God as the enthroned Lord of all. See, one of the things that singing does in the life of the of the people of God and, and in the life of the church is that it rehearses the truth about who God is. It rehearses the, the truth about what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do. And it, and it rehearses the truth of who we are and who we're called to be. And so we sing and we praise and we rehearse, not because we are gleefully ignorant to the fear and uncertainty of our time. No, we actually sing and we praise and we rehearse because we are keenly aware, so aware of our situation, so aware of what we're living through. Nonetheless, we confess that God is still God. We're called to remember who God is and called to remember, as the psalmist says, how we have seen the work of God in our lives and throughout the ages. We exist, friends, because God is God. We, we live and we breathe on this very day 
because God is God. We're justified and reconciled because God is God in and as the person of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to continue to sing and to praise and to rehearse and then sing and praise and rehearse some more. Say it to yourself and and say it to your spouse. Say it to your children. Say it to your grandchildren. Say it to your parents and and to your grandparents. Say it to your relatives and and to your friends. and, And say it to strangers that God is our God. And that we are the people of God's pasture. The sheep of the Lord's hands. And so may we, as the psalmist instructs, may we listen to God's voice in these days. May we not harden our hearts May we not put God to the test. May we trust God to be God in our time. Because when we do, when we do acknowledge that God is God, we begin to discover our freedom. The truest freedom available to us. The freedom from fear. And the freedom to take courage and to act in the way that Jesus would want us to act in these days. So many members of the church have have reached out and have asked how they can support others in the church and, and around the city. We've had people bring extra food to the food pantry this week, which is so very important. And let me encourage you to continue to do that because the Atlanta Food Bank is still in the midst of a move and they're and they're shut down. And so we're asking you to support the food bank in these days. We've had volunteers still show up at 4 a.m. this morning to make to-go box breakfasts for our, our regular guests who come on Sunday morning and to simply welcome people, to look them in the eye and welcome them in the name of Jesus. We had a member call to, to get a list of other members in her neighborhood just to reach out to them by phone if, if they need somebody to talk to or if they need a grocery store run. We've had parents who have their children in our Parents' Morning Out program, which has been suspended at this time. They, they have stepped up still and said they're, they're going to pay the, the salaries of our child care workers who work on an hourly wage. And so they won't be out of their income during this time. We've had a dedicated pastoral staff calling every member household over these past days and and the days to come to let folks know that they are not alone, that they're being prayed for, and that we're here for each other as a church. We've had two medical professionals and and a play therapist from Samaritan Counseling Center. All three of these women are members of the church and and they've agreed to, to field questions from the children of our congregation who who may have a lot of things they're wondering about, may even have some fears, and and to be able to have those questions and respond to what our children are feeling in these days. We we have a staff and a session that is creatively and imaginatively figuring out ways to stay connected to one another through technology and through old-fashioned tools like phone calls. In other words, when we confess that God is God, friends, we find our freedom to be God's people. We find the freedom to be God's hands and God's heart in the world. And you know, when I think about all of this, just what's transpired in the last four days, 
I, I think about how the church is rallying in this time, and I think about how the church will have to rally in the days ahead. And I realize that while we might not all be together in one physical place, we are all together in one confession and one mission. That we confess that God is still God. And we own our freedom to listen to God's voice. We own our freedom to fulfill Jesus' command to love one another, which means in part not meeting in person at this time. We own our freedom to fulfill Jesus' command to love one another, which means we will be imaginative and we will be creative in connecting and ministering with each other in this season. We will own our freedom and our mission to humbly follow Jesus Christ. And on this day, March the 15th, in the year of our Lord 2020, in the middle of Lent, in the middle of uncertainty, we will own our freedom to be the church for one another and for God's good world. May it be so on this day and every day ahead. Amen. Friends, every single time we hear God's word proclaimed, we have the call to respond by affirming our faith. Usually we can hear one another's voices when we do this, but this morning we will say together the Apostles' Creed and we will know that we are bound by these words, saying them wherever we are, across Metro Atlanta, across the country, across the world, we will say together what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
And remember that even though we're not together in one place, we are together in one confession and one mission. That God is God and that we have the freedom to take courage and to act in the way of Jesus Christ, to be the church in these times for God's good world. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. May his peace abide in you this day and forevermore. Amen.